you have questions. We have the answers. Welcome to the My Home Connection Podcast, where we discuss hot topics and answer your questions in today's real estate market. Now, let's get into the grind with your hosts, Jeff Kolb and Amy B. All right, welcome to our third edition, episode 103. And today I'm here with my lovely co-host, Amy Batten, and I am Jeff Kolb with My Home Connection. And in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about a very important topic that a lot of people have questions about, and that is the do's and don'ts when buying a home or qualifying to buy a home. Some things you want to watch out for if you're getting ready in the next you know, now to three to six months from now, what you want to watch out for so that you can be prepared and have no surprises when it comes to making that purchase. Hello, Amy. How are you? Hello, Jeff. Thank you so much for calling me lovely. I always appreciate the compliments. (laughs) Well, no problem there. So anyway, talking about the do's and don'ts, we're going to get right into it. I know that both of us have had experiences to where we've uh, had, uh, Persons of interest wanting to buy a home, and then for some strange reasons, they go out and purchase something, or they do something, or don't do something that maybe was recommended that they do in order to maybe bump their credit score up a little bit. But I want to kind of talk about that whole realm of things. So uh, let's start off with that. Just off the bat, you know, maybe even come up with some experiences that you've had and that caused somebody to that maybe was qualified, but then fell out of qualification because they did something that they weren't supposed to do or anything like that. So lay it on me. What do you got? Absolutely. So I'm Amy Batten with Waterstone Mortgage located out of Glendale, Arizona. And this is a topic that we discuss a lot on our radio show on KTAR, uh, Keeping It Real Estate with Amy B, because it's people are, they don't purposely sabotage themselves. They live their lives. And sometimes what you do can impact your ability to buy a home in the near future. So the first thing that I would like to discuss is employment and income. Okay. Okay. Um, Because I'm going to get into detail on credit. There's a lot more going on there. So when you're getting ready to buy a house, let's say in the next 12 months, I know a lot of you here don't change jobs. You have to have your current job for two years. That is not correct. That is a complete myth. You can change your job up until a couple of weeks before you close on a home. The most important aspect is you have to stay in the same line of work. So for instance, if you're in, gosh, I'm trying to, if you're in telemarketing, your next job, you want to stay in telemarketing. That's important. There has to be a continuity of you know the line of work. You can't start something completely new. Also, you need to keep your pay structure the same. So if you are hourly W-2, your next job has to be hourly W-2. It can't be commissioned. It can't be... Uh, Uh, It can be salaried because that's very similar to hourly, um, but it can't be something that is performance based. So you can't go full commission. It can't be majority bonus if that's not what you have a history of receiving. So it's just really important that if you are looking at switching 
jobs, that it's in the same career path and you're still making hourly wages or salary. So uh, would this be an exception if you were working for a company and you were hourly and let's say you got promoted and now your salary, but it's the same company. That would be the exception. Yes, because you're guaranteed a certain amount for your work. Where it becomes an issue is if someone takes a, if they're currently hourly, okay, 40 hours a week, and they take a job that's part hourly and part commission. Well, until you have a two-year history of receiving commissions or bonuses, we can't use it because we don't know how successful you're going to be. We don't have a, a good amount of time to average it. So we can't use that income. That's good to know. Yes. So I have had people in the past who, oh, I changed my job. I'm now commission sales. Wonderful. Congratulations. I hope you do amazing. But now you have to be in that position for two years before we can uh, accurately calculate your income. Okay, great. So so that's the only real issue. And then another one is you can't become (laughs) (laughs) self-employed. That is everyone's dream is to quit your job and start your own thing. A hundred percent awesome if you get to the point in your life of being able to do that. And that is your goal. So buy your Don't, house first before yes. you uh, go ahead and uh, venture off into that uh, new uh, field. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When you are self-employed, you absolutely have to have a two-year history of being self-employed. But the caveat to that is we need a two-year income history. And a lot of people do not have a bang up year, their first year of being in self-employed. That's where you're just getting things rolling. So in a lot of cases, if you don't have a lot of enough income to qualify the first year, then you have to be self-employed for three years because we have to do a two-year average of your tax returns. So just keep in mind that if you're going to make any changes and you want to buy a home, please reach out to us so we can give you proper advice and direction. I've had people who, uh, for instance, HVAC tax. That's really common that you work for a company for several years, get your expertise up to a certain level before you can break out on your own. I have had people contact me, say, I want to start my own thing in six months. I'm like, fantastic. We need to do your house thing now then, because once you change, you won't be able to purchase a home for two to three years. Because you have to reestablish credibility. Well, you just have to establish an income source. Um, So that's really important. Do not become self-employed before you buy a home. If you have a guaranteed, uh, consistent income right now. Okay, good. Okay, so I hope that made sense. Yeah. I kind of jumped around a little bit. And if you have questions for our listeners out there, if you have uh, additional questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to Amy Batten, and we'll we'll give you our information toward the end of this podcast. Uh, But we would love to hear those questions, because we know everybody's in a different situation. Uh, Not everybody's exactly the same, but we hope to cover the general basis, uh, so that way you can kind of have a a ballpark ballpark idea of where your situation's at, and then we can fine-tune it as we uh, ask you intelligent questions and figure out where your particular situation is at. 
Yeah, the reason I wanted to put so much emphasis on that is because I've had people reach out that are, you know, they're working at a job and they got another job offer making more money and they're, they've put that off because they've been told that they can't switch jobs in two years. So if that's the case and it's the same line of work and it's the same type of pay, but you're making more money, take that job. Yeah. Take it immediately. That's not going to impact. It's going to help your ability to buy a home. And if you're in doubt whether that's the same line of work, because mm-hmm. uh, it could be with another company, but mm-hmm. it's the same exact type of work, uh, maybe you're a garbage truck driver for the city of Phoenix, but then, you know, the city of Scottsdale hires you out and they're offering you $15,000 more a year. Would that be okay? Absolutely. Excellent. Absolutely. Okay. So we discussed the, the employment part. Uh, anything else you want to add to that before we move on to the the next No, just again, like Jeff said, if you have any questions, just reach out. Within a few minutes, we can put you at ease. We can answer your questions and then you can make proper plans for your future knowing that you buying a home is on the horizon. Okay, great. So what other uh, circumstances or situations have you run into uh, that definitely is a don't before you buy a house? Please don't buy a car before you buy a house. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's actually number one. Number one, one, one. Do not buy a car before you buy a house. So car dealerships will always figure out a way to finance you. They're not as concerned with you being able to repay the loan. We've all been there where we've gotten car loans that have really high payments. I mean, not, not all of us, but most of us. And, you know, we're like, wow, how did they give us that car loan? Like we make, you know, $15 an hour or whatever the case may be. Um, They will always finance you, but a mortgage company will not. We want to make sure that you have the ability to repay reasonably your mortgage. And a lot of people say, oh, what, I can afford a $2,500 rent payment, but I can't afford a $2,000 house payment. Well, the reason is with rental contracts, Again, they want to make sure you can afford it, but that has no bearing on on a mortgage. We don't want you to pay more in rent, but we have different parameters when it comes to qualifying you. That is a great point because a lot of people will misconstrue mm-hmm. rent payments and mortgage pay- mortgage payments. Now, obviously, the mortgage payments, is, it's going to be a lot uh, higher stipulations mm-hmm. than uh, a rental payment. So there, you'd be thinking, well, why, if I can afford and got approved for a $2,500 a month rent payment, and you just assume, well, then I can afford up to $2,500 for the mortgage payment, those aren't two of the same apples. They're really not. So again, if buying a home is on the horizon and you need a new car or you need to get student loans or you know you need to co-sign for your children for something, please reach out first so you know how it's going to impact your ability to borrow money to buy a home. So number one, do not buy a car before the house. I had a gentleman in the last year um, that wanted to purchase a home, had a little bit of money saved up, credit was good, but he had a $1,200 car payment. And, you know, unfortunately, when you make fifty or $60,000 a year, it sounds like a lot of money. But once you put it down on paper and you take that car payment out, he couldn't qualify for anything. So he loved the car, didn't want to, didn't want to sell it, didn't want to get rid of it. And I said, okay, well, let me know when either you get a raise or when your car is paid off, because at this point, you 
you put the cart before the horse, if you will, and you got this awesome car that you could have gotten right after you purchased the home. Yeah. You know, I remember a situation uh, actually just, uh, I think it was late last year. I I was selling a home and uh, the, the buyer, I represented the seller and the buyer who was buying the home, uh, we were under contract and she was going through another lender and unbeknownst to us, she had purchased uh, an electric vehicle and it was an expensive electric vehicle. They all are. And uh, it didn't, it was so recent that it didn't show up on, on any reports yet. But after we were three quarters of the way into it, it finally did show up. And that was a red flag to her mortgage company. And it actually uh, made her go from pre-qualified to not qualified because they didn't account for that $700 a month payment on the car that she was doing. And therefore, uh, she didn't get the house. Yeah. And now car payments are, they're no longer between one and $300 a month. The average car payment is like $600 a month, but I've seen them in excess of eight or 900. Wow. I have couples that have two car payments over $2,000 a month and they don't own a home. I can't comprehend that. But again, the dealership didn't care if they could afford it. The dealership wasn't concerned with their you know, financial status. They just wanted to sell them a car. So the bottom line is, if you feel like you can afford a car and a house payment, get the car second. That's a good, good yeah. advice. Okay, so what else besides purchasing uh, a car? On credit, uh, do not pay off old collections or charge-offs, any old debt before talking to a mortgage professional. And why is that? Because with credit, anytime you pay off an old derogatory account, you're doing the right thing. You're trying to get everything completely ready to so your credit's clean when you buy a house. Well, that old derogatory account updates on credit as a paid derogatory, but a current one. So it can drop your credit score. And if you're not... In the mid 700s, <laughs> you know, if I don't want to say marginal because in the 600s, it's not marginal. But if you end up dropping below that, you know, required 580 credit score or 620 credit score threshold, depending on the program you're applying for, then you could potentially make yourself have to wait two or three more months for your credit score to come up. So just don't pay off anything before talking to a professional who can take a look at your credit and guide you. Perfect. So, um, so car loans don't pay off old credit. Um, what else you got? Oh my gosh, those are actually the really big ones, most common, and, and they're ones that people do every day, and they just don't realize that they're accidentally sabotaging themselves. Okay, so let me ask you this: that, that's some of the don'ts. What are some of the do's? And I guess it would depend on where an individual or a couple would be at in the loan process or where they're at just in life financially, how much debt to income they have. Uh, So what we find, I know, working with you for the last several years, we've come across people that are just borderline. They're not quite there yet. Uh, Maybe they need to inch their credit score up a little bit in order to to take advantage of a, a, a certain loan program that would drastically benefit them. And we talked about that on our previous episode, by the way. So if you didn't catch that, go back to episode 102, where we talk about different mortgage finance programs uh, that you can qualify uh, uh, with um, that are out there today. But 
Uh, what would you suggest as far as if somebody that's in sort of like a close situation, what are some of the do's that they should uh, pay attention to? Okay. Number one, do make buying a house a priority. I know that that's all we, you know, that's the purpose of this podcast is to educate people on the process and, and how they can make that happen. But a lot of times people put their head in the sand and they're afraid again of being told no. So they just become serial renters. We do not want you to be a serial renter. The main way of obtaining even generational wealth or even just our lifetime wealth is through real estate. Mm -hmm. It's a proven fact. So don't hold yourself back from looking into your options. Um, number two, it's never too early to start planning. I don't care if you're in a two-year lease, reach out to us so we can put a roadmap together for you because it's a lot easier to accomplish your goals when you have steps and you have the information from the actual experts. You know, I like Google. I use it for everything, but it doesn't mean the information's correct. So reach out to someone who's an actual professional who can tell you exactly what you need to do to get ready to buy a home. I don't care if it's three months, six months, 12 months, 24 months out. The, you know, one of the bigger issues we have is when someone calls us and says, my lease is up in 30 days <laughs> and they have, you know, a lower credit score. They have no money saved. Um, you know, they did go recently buy an expensive vehicle, you know, then we're not able to help them. So the more time we have, the better to put a plan together for you. Yeah, because if they did do those things, the don'ts, it's just a matter of time before you can qualify. Mm -hmm. So uh, even though if that's in your recent past, it doesn't hurt to to reach out and let's come up with a game plan. Even if, even if it's a one year long game plan, at least you know what? By the time that year is over, you'll have all your ducks in a row and you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. And don't be discouraged if you've been told no by someone else, if you've been ghosted by a lender, which I hear happens all the time and I can't understand it. Um, it just may mean that, you know, they weren't the right fit for you. So reach out to us. We want to help you. And again, we will never tell you no. We will possibly say not right now. That, that reminds me of a couple just last year. All the other lenders told them no. I said, well, you really got to you, you really got to talk to Amy. And lo and behold, you were able to get them approved and uh, they got into their very first home just uh, mid last year. And how ridiculous was that? Because it was actually a very easy process. I know who you're talking about. And I I can't speak to why they were told no before. Um, all I can speak to is the fact that I have 25 years experience. I have a wealth of knowledge around me. I have professionals like yourself. All that makes a difference, too, it by really the way. It really does. We have a really amazing team in all aspects, whether it's uh, lending, real estate, credit, appraisals, inspectors. We have people around us that help us be successful for you. So again, just reach out. Don't let what's an experience that happened in the past that kind of jaded you. Don't let that keep you out of realizing your goals of buying a home. Right. Now, we just have a, a minute or two left in this segment, so I, I know we didn't cover an exhaustive list, although there's much more to talk about as far as debt-to-income and the ratios. Mm -hmm. We can really get into all of that, but the whole point is, is please reach out because uh, we'd like to, instead of just giving generalities or generalities, did I say that right? That's correct, yes. <laughs> Whatever words we say are words. 
So you're correct. Okay, great. <laughs> we, we'd like to fine tune your specific situation. Yes. Is, before we end the segment, is there any more important do's or don'ts just on a, a generic scale that you think is important to touch base on right here? Well, the biggest uh, issue that people have is saving money. You know, you need to budget. You need to make it a priority. You know, don't rely on your tax returns or rely on a parent giving you money. It's really important to just plan. So thank you so much for having me, Jeff. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks, Amy, for being such an awesome co-host. And we will see you next time. Uh, You can reach out to Amy. Her email is? AmyBatten.com, my website. (laughs) And mine is MyHomeConnection.net. We'll see you next time.